This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, we're going to be talking about building our church. What does that mean in the month of September? Today, we're going to be talking about living stones. You know, growth is a natural process for everything that's alive. And you know, Jesus said this. This is one of the hallmarks about the kingdom of God. This is one of the ways you can know the kingdom of God is at work. There is life there. Where the kingdom of God is, there's life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life. Everything in God's creation, it's, it's living, it's alive. Whether it's a plant that receives the, the sunlight and through photosynthesis, causes it to, to reproduce and grow and, and flourish. Did you know, even in your own body, the scientists say that, that your whole body is replaced every seven years, every cell in your body has been replaced? Wow. Isn't that something? Every, about every seven years, every cell in your body has been totally replaced. It's life. God's all about life. It's all about the growth. And, you know, growth in the church. And let me just remind you of this. The church is you and I. We're going to be talking about that today. Living stones. God's got building material, but it's you and I. We're the living stones, the lively stones that God's going to use to build His church and to build Passion Church, which is a part of His church. That's you and I. So the growth of us is no different. And sometimes we, have a, we can get a misunderstanding about what uh, growth is in the church. Sometimes we think, you know, it's all about nickels and noses. How many people we got here and how much money have we got? And, you know, but that's very superficial. That's, that's the organizational side, if you will, of, of what we're talking about here. And it's re- very superficial. What I'm talking about goes much deeper than that. It is you and I personally being shaped by God, placed by God, and reproducing in our place. And when we do that, all the other things that we look at as will really be off, outgrowths or offshoots of that process of life. When there's life in me. When there's life, there's motion. When there, where there's life, there's energy. Where there's life, there's creativity. Isn't that right? Where there's life, there's strength. All of those things. So it begins, as the birth of the church did, with Jesus Christ and His work of grace and love in His people. And that's you and I. So why don't we turn over to Matthew 16. It's a good place to start. You know, this process of growth, though, I want to say this, it is a symbiotic relationship. And by that, you know, we mean that it takes two. Each one benefits from the other. It takes God, of course, first, but He also, He has to have somebody. Somebody has to be willing. Somebody has to be obedient to God and say, God, here I am. Use me. Fit Shape me and form me how you want me to be. Place me in the place you want me to be. And let your love and your life flow through me. And so it's a symbiotic thing. You know, it's not enough to just say, God, grow the church. That's good. We should pray. But it takes you and I as living stones. But as we look at this, I want to remind you in Matthew 16, something that you know. Verse 18, Jesus said, 
this, speaking to Peter, he said, I want to tell you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So here's the thing. Jesus is the master builder. This is the starting place. He is the master builder. He knows His plan for you and I individually. He knows His plan and purpose for us corporately. He knows how we fit into the body of Christ in the river region. He knows all of that. He is the master builder. And so when we understand that, that Jesus is in uh, the initiator and He is the one who is working this process of growth and building us, each one of us, as living stones. He's building in us. And you know, a master builder, when I think about a master builder, I think about when we go back and maybe look in, in ancient history. If you go to Egypt and you look at the pyramids, you look at those structures, it's amazing. What those things, I mean, how did they do that? They had no electricity. They had no modern equipment. They had anything. And those big stones weigh tons upon tons. And even today, in many places, they're fit together so perfectly, you can't even get a knife blade between them. No mortar. It's amazing. And they were what we call master builders. Every one of those, if you, if you read the, the history of ancient Egypt, you look at that 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 each pyramid that was built, it had a master builder and an architect who was in charge of everything to make sure the stones were cut just right and just the right size and everything was laid out perfectly and fit together for, that, for the tomb of a pharaoh. Now, if they could build, a man could build something as amazing as a pyramid like that to put a dead king in, how much more can God build us for a living king? Amen? He's committed to His church. Listen, you know why I have confidence about the future of Passion Church? It's certainly not because of me. You better know that's right. <laughs> it's okay. You, you missed a good place to say amen right there. Not because of me, but because He's committed to His church. He's the master builder. He's the architect. He's the, as Hebrew says, He's the author and finisher. He is the one, and because He's committed to building His church, of which we passion or are part of it, that's why I have confidence. That's why I have confidence in the future. I don't have confidence because I, I got all the answers, or because you've got all the answers, because I'm a perfect pastor, or you're a perfect congregation. That's not where my hope's at. It's in Him. And it should be the same way with you. Because I'm going to promise you, if you, it won't take but just a couple of minutes to look hard, and you're going to see all the flaws i got. So here's what we need to do. We look past that to Jesus. Because in Hebrews, it didn't say looking unto the pastor, the author and finisher of your faith. It said looking unto Jesus. That's who we're looking to. Isn't that right? We're on this journey together. So God's, it says that God sets every stone in place. Look in 1 Corinthians 12. Turn over there real quickly. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to read. I'm just going to read one verse. You're probably familiar with this where Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, and he starts talking about the body. But in verse 18, he said, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. And you know, we won't read the Paul goes on, and he makes his point by, you know, uh, uh, being just over the top, talking about what if the body was a whole, all the body was just one big eye? How would you get anywhere? How would you speak? How would you hear? 
He said, what if your body was just one big ear? You'd get awful hungry trying to chew through that ear, wouldn't you? No, every part of the body is essential. And God has determined that you and I be a part of His body. He has called us and He has placed us in this body. And, you know, we need to respond and, and reciprocate that same love back to God as He's chosen us to be a part of His body. That's a great honor. Jesus is the head, and then all of us, we're parts in the body. That's what a great honor it is to be a part of the body of Christ. We're His bride. We're part of His body. We're the temple of God, the place He's building up for a habitation. What an honor. <clears throat> but here's the thing. We can't all be the head, can we? Jesus is the head, so that really that, we know that part of the body is already spoken for. Isn't that right? He's the head. So there's no use me trying to be the head or you trying to be the head. He's the head, isn't He? That means that He is in control and he has the authority, and he determines my place and your place. We don't determine it. He's in charge, isn't he? He's God. Absolutely. We sing Jesus is Lord. That Lord means what? He's in charge, among other things, right? But he's, he said every one of us has a place. You have a place. I have a place. And when we allow God to put us in our place... And we, listen, every place is valuable, is important. No place is more important than another place. It's just a different function. Are you listening? Which would you rather have ripped out of you, your heart or your lungs? <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? But see, that's what I'm saying. Well, they don't both do the same thing. But boy, they both are very important, aren't they right? We need to understand just because our function is different doesn't make one of us better or one of us worse, one of us greater or one of us least. The only great one here is the head, Jesus. The rest of us, we just got a part to play. But here's the thing. Remember I said it's symbiotic. It's just like your body. Your body, both of your hands, you know, they work together, don't they? Your feet and your legs work together to get you somewhere. It's so much better. You ever, you ever had one of your limbs incapacitated for a short time? Yeah, I know you have because I wheeled you around. You broke your foot. But, you know, that's when you appreciate that other limb. Isn't that right, Thomas? You've just been going through that. You know, it's easy to take a part of our body that we don't think about sometimes, but all of a sudden you let it get out of whack, broken, sore, whatever. And, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, you know... <laughs> You're doing this number. I mean, you know, are you, you got an arm and a sling, and you're trying to get dressed with your left arm, and you're right-handed. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? It's the same thing with Christ's body. Passion Church, when each of us will recognize the beauty of the place God has each one of us in, not only my place and get all puffed up, but everyone's place. I mean, I think about it, you know, and I think about it even more in this transition time we're in. So many people make it happen. I don't make it happen by myself. So many people make it happen. And each one of those are important. If you don't think they're important, let them not show up one Sunday. You be 
Where's the lights? Where's the sound? Where's the music? Where's the kids' church? Where's wait a minute? Hello. But you know, all of us have a place. And in this series, we're going to be looking at building the church and being living stones, each one of us as a living stone. If you will, look over to 1 Peter, which is really where I got the title from. I borrowed this from Peter's description of the church here. 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to look at a couple of verses, verse 5 and 9. He says, you also, like living stones, wow, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Living stones. Wow. Living stones. You and I are to be the the building material, if you will, that the master builder, Jesus Christ, is using to build up Passion Church for a holy habitation of God and also so that God through us, His grace, His power, His love, His mercy, all that is, is revealed, what? To this region. Each one of us, we have a place. This is what I want to see. You are valuable to God first, but you're valuable to Passion Church. Listen, we need you in your place where you are. If you're there and you're operating there now, oh, thank you so much. God needs you, we need you, and we appreciate you. But every one of us have a place. There are no spectators. No spectators in God's church. No spectators. Every one of us. We're God's building material. We're chosen by God to do His work, the message says. Chosen by God, living stones, chosen by God to do His work and to speak for Him. Wow. You know what? When God is allowed to build us into this holy habitation we're talking about, this holy temple, living stones, when He's allowed to build us that way, you know what? That speaks to the world. Because you know what that means? When each one of us are in our place, another word for that is called unity. Harmony. And you know what it takes for unity and harmony to work? It takes love. It takes a lot of grace. Isn't that true? Because none of us are perfect yet. Is that a revelation to you? (laughs) None of us are perfect yet. So... But, but when we, each one, are in our place, God's grace is being poured through us. God's Spirit and power is working through us. Then you know what? We come together like that. And you know what? The world sees that. It looks at Passion Church and says, you know what? It's got to be God. Because people can't, people won't, this can't happen but just with people. Isn't that true? It's true. Without God, people, we are all selfish. Absolutely. I got my hand up with the rest of you. Without God in our life, we're selfish. It's about what I need and what I want. And, you know, and if I don't get my way or something, you know, I'm going to take my toys and go home. And so it's only God that can work in us to build us to each place. And here's the thing. We esteem 
one another in love. What you bring is vital to the life and the growth of Passion Church. It is important. It is valuable. We need you. When they put up the slide, I hope you noticed it, we showed a wall up there. Can you, can, is it hard, too hard to go back and show that? There's a wall up here. Notice this. See, we're living stones. You see all these stones, these brick here? And each one, as we connect, as we serve, as we give, as we pray, as we worship, as we're connected to one another and all of this, what? God is working through us to build up a holy habitation that the world can see through, that His power can flow through, and that will make a difference in our generation. Listen, church, that's all we're after, isn't that's all I'm after. I'm not out to make a name. I'm not out somebody to think, oh, he's super great or this. Listen, I'd just as soon you be the pastor of this church. I'd be just as happy for you to be up here, and I'd be out there. I'd be just as happy. I might be happier. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> what, are you, what are you chuckling about? But here's the thing. Now, Listen, that's, that's not about you. That's not about you. It's not. It takes a lot of grace to do whatever God calls us to do. Isn't that true? Sure it does. But we need one another. What you have to offer, we need. We need it. God needs it. More importantly, He needs it. We're, we're called to serve. Notice in verse 9 down there, you're in First Peter 2. Verse 9, he said, but you are a chosen people. Can you say that? I'm chosen. I don't believe that we're here by accident. We're not here by accident. God chose you. He chose you. The Bible says another place, really, he chose us before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be chosen? Especially by God. You know what that means? That means that God says, you're valuable to me. I love you. I want to I work with you. I want to work through you. Wow. That's, that, makes you, that makes you pretty special. Hello? I don't care what anybody else says. That's man's opinion. All I'm concerned with is God's opinion. It says you're chosen, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. You know who you belong to? You belong to God. Say that with me. I belong to God. Absolutely. I belong to God. You belong to God. That you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. We are to be a habitation of God through the Spirit. I don't know if you, you ever, I don't know if you're a sports person or anything, but have you ever been, been uh, like a, a game at night or maybe it's indoors and, and the camera will flash up there and you've got tens of thousands of people and they all got their cell lights on up there and you saw all that, man. It, it, it's a beautiful sight. It's just like thousands and thousands of small little stars shining. And, you know, here's the thing. As God builds us up, the light that He is in you, the light that He is in you, the light that He is in you, all of those lumens and light come together, and it shines out brighter and further than it ever would if, if it was just me by myself or you by yourself. He said, we together, 
show more of the light, the love, the grace of Jesus than any one of us can by ourselves. We're stronger together. We're better together. Even with, with our yet imperfections, we're still better together. I know we bump against each other sometimes. <laughs> Some of my sharp edges hit you and you think, Lord, help him. I hope you do. <laughs> that happens sometimes. But listen, God's fitting us together. He's fitting us together. Sometimes we bump in there and he's trying to fit us together. And there's, a couple, there's, a, there's an edge or two that might be still he needs to be whacking off on me. Be patient with me. <laughs> Let's be patient with one another. Isn't that true? You know, it's all about a supply line provision. You know, the Bible talks about us. We're also not only the temple of God, but we've, we talked about this. There's a warfare going on, isn't there? I don't know if y'all are fighting any devils or not. I think they're all over at my house. Y'all got one or two over there too. But, you know, the first thing that the enemy, whatever the battle tactic is that you want to do, either the enemy will try to do it to you or you do it to him, and that is cut your supply line. Why do you think the enemy wants to create division in the body of Christ? To cut off the supply line. See, as soon as I say, I don't need you, he's got me. Because the Bible says quite the contrary. I need you desperately. Hello? As soon as we say, we don't need anybody else, he's got us. Isn't that right? You know, we are all, is everybody here human like I am? Sometimes, even in the body of Christ, we might not see eye to eye about everything. That's not a revelation either, is it? Y'all looking so holy out there. I know y'all got different ideas about how to do things. It's okay. It's all right. But, you know, we can agree to disagree without, you know, what? Disunity. Isn't that true? We still need one another. You know, I'm, I might need that peace of mind of yours. I might not. <laughs> <laughs> You're free to offer it. I'm free to take it or not, not take it, right? Same way with me. Works both ways. Doesn't it? But you know what? We can still love one another. You know, I don't know it all. You don't know it all. But you know what? When we all come together, I guarantee you we know more, don't we? We're all smarter together than we are by ourselves. So we need one another. God's working in us. So the first thing the enemy tries to do is cut off us from the other parts of the body of Christ. Look in Ephesians 4. He wants to cut off our supply line. He loves to do that. You know, he loves to get the yeah, yeah, yeah going. You know what I mean by that? Now, I know y'all have never done that. I'm the only one that's ever had to repent from stuff like that. But I know this, that he likes to, whoever it is, he likes to get the yeah, yeah going. You know what I mean by that? You don't listen over here. Somebody's over here. That's the way the enemy does. I have to catch myself because I'm like, wait a minute. Uh-uh. That's, 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 a, that's the devil. I'm not going to cut off my supply line. I'm not going to do that. 
I'm going to speak words of grace. I'm going to speak words of love. I'm going to walk in forgiveness. Man, my feelings get straightened out later on. I'm walking right now. I'm walking in forgiveness. You ever, you ever had to forgive and then, you know, get your feelings under control later on? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Appreciate y'all being real. We're fitted together. In Ephesians 4, verse 16, look at what he says here. He says, from him, talking about Jesus, the whole body. Everybody say the whole body. The whole body. So the, if we're looking at the context here of what he's about to say, it's in the context of the whole body you know that you don't have all the holy ghost that there is to have you have a measure as holy as anointed as set apart as you are you have a measure of the spirit i have a measure of the spirit are you listening to me the only, per, only one that's ever said that he had the fullness of the Holy Spirit was Jesus. He had the Spirit without measure. He had the Spirit without measure. So that implies that the rest of us have the Holy Spirit by measure. So as soon as I leave off the context of the whole body and say, hey, I don't need you anymore, then I'm going to try to get, get by with just the measure I have. Well, you know, you might get around okay. I don't know. But it might be better if you had both legs. You might get by okay like this. But it might be better if you had both eyes. Notice what he says here. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. How's the body held by, held by? Well, it's held together by prayer. No. Well, it's held together by the anointing. No. It's held together by what? Each part of the body being fit together and refusing to be separated. Listen, if we can't get along in the body of Christ, how are we going to win the world? If we don't have enough love... To love the saints when they're not perfect. How are we going to love the world that's imperfect? Have I gone to meddling? I'm sorry. If, if you feel like I'm pointing a finger, there's three more pointed back at me. So don't worry. Each part works to assist all the other parts. Notice what he said. From whom the whole body joined together, held together by every supporting ligament, what happens? Grows. How are we going to grow? Well, I'm telling you what. Man, we're going to fast and pray. And we're going to do this. And we're going to do that. And we're going to do the other. Well, you know what? We may do some of that stuff. But before we do some of that stuff, we've got to get this stuff. He said when every part of the body is fitted together, recognizing, esteeming, valuing one another's place and one another's part, and realizing I need you, you need me, we all need one another, and allow God to, to build us and fit us together. He said, then all those attached by the ligaments, we, we get attached by God, we're attached, the love of God's holding me. I really believe the love of God is the ligament. The love of God's holding me. You know why? Because the Bible says love takes no notice of a suffered wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm getting out of Passion Church. Somebody didn't say hey to me or 
pastor look mad. I might have just had indigestion. I don't know. Don't jump to a conclusion. Or whatever, you know. The silliest thing. It's the silliest thing. You know, the devil separates us over the silliest thing. It's just silly. But if we're walking in love, he said, the love of God, what, believes the best of everybody? It didn't say talks the worst about everybody. It says it believes the best of everybody. It says it's quick to forgive. Quick to forget what somebody did wrong. Mm. He said when the ligament love grows, he said it builds itself up in love. Well, I'll tell you what. We're just going to get us one of them super duper duper, super duper duper duper, super duper anointed pastors, and that's going to do it. No, it's not. Go find one, but it's still not going to do it unless we do this. He said, the, listen, you and I, when we are fitted together as God intended, he said that that's what's going to cause growth, spiritual growth, numerical growth, and every other kind of growth. But this is where it's got to start. It didn't say, for God so loved the world that he gave a program. He gave His Son who purchased a body. We are His body. As we fit together, we grow. All working together produces life and growth. Finally, got to close here real quick, but I want to talk about just before we leave, because I'm just getting this introduced. I want you to see and listen. I hope you're looking at the Scriptures as you look at these. You'll take time this week. Go back and read these Scriptures. Listen, this is not just preacher talk. I'm not trying to just get you to do something for me. I, don't do anything for me. We're doing it for the Lord. Yes, we benefit. When, when you do your part and I do part, we all benefit. There's no question about that. Absolutely. But we do it as to the Lord. Because as soon as you start doing something for me, as soon as you see something about me you don't like, that's the end of it. And I've been here long enough by now, I'm sure you have. And you're still here, so you must be doing it as unto the Lord. Amen? But we want to fill in the blanks. Look over in Ezekiel real quickly. We use this scripture a lot when we're talking about praying and interceding, and rightly so. But I want to apply the principle of it, the spirit of it, to what we're talking about here. I call it filling in the blanks. You know, there's no perfect church, what I mean a local church, there's no perfect church on the earth. I know, man, we look at it on TV. Man, they got the they got that big band up there, and man, they got the lights and they got oh everything. Ooh, it looks good, and there's hundreds, maybe thousands, they're all worshiping all man. And I mean we're thinking, man, if I could just get there. Listen, I'm sure it's a good church, but you know what? It's not a perfect church. It's not a perfect church. I've been in a lot of churches. You probably have too. I haven't found a perfect one yet. I've been in some churches, powerful ministries, great things, a lot of wonderful things going on, but they weren't perfect. So we're talking about filling in the blanks. Verse 30, I looked for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it, but I found none. So I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with my fiery anger, bringing down on their heads all that they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. Listen, 
the only thing that stands between the lost and the world and eternity in hell is you and I, the church. Amen. The government's not going to save anybody. Education, wonderful. I'm all for education. I believe it, but that's not going to save anybody. It's going to take the church. And notice God's, God's speaking here through the prophet. He said, I looked out there, and he said, I saw gaps. They're gaps. And in the body of Christ, he says, I see gaps. There, there's a hole where there should be a stone over here. There's, there's three stones missing over here. There's a gap. It's letting the enemy in. The grace that's needed to reach more people, it's not there. There's a gap. He said, and I look for somebody. He said, I'm looking for somebody who's supposed to be in that gap. You know, I, I talked about the pyramids. If you go look at the pyramids, they're not one gigantic stone hollowed out. It's many stones. Many stones. You, got a, you live in a brick house. There's not one giant brick they hollowed out and then built the interior house. It's many brick. And he says, I'm looking for somebody to fill in the blanks. They're blanks. And it weakens the testimony. It weakens the ability of Christ's body to reach the world. The hedge is a fence or a wall for protection. And a gap is just a break or a breach in that hedge or that wall. Now, a gap creates breaches which weaken the body. Which weaken the body. You know, in the church, you don't mind if I just be real, do you? Is that okay? I know we're, we're all here and we've got our church face on. but You know, in all churches, including Passion Church, you know, in all churches, you know, there, there are blank places. There are places where stones are missing that should be in place. And what happens, you know, is you will get some other stones who try to cover their place and someone else's. And if that goes on long enough, you know what happens to them? Burnout. Can I hear a holy grunt? Is it our if we be on it? We can be real, can't we, in church? Burnout happens. And you see many times some of the most faithful people fall by the wayside because they just they ain't got no more to give. It's okay to be real, isn't it? We, sometimes you get to a place where you just ain't got no more to give. You know, I don't want to see that. At Passion Church, I want us, each one of us, to find our place of service, of connecting. Find that place that God has that's, that's just for you. It's unique for you where you can, you can help. And God's grace and God's love can flow through. And what you have to give makes us better, makes us stronger, makes us more capable, more able. And you know what? It lifts a burden 
that others are not graced to be carrying in the first place because that wasn't their place. But the love of God compelled them. But the problem is we're still human and we can only do so much. Can I hear a holy grunt? So, old pastor, you're bringing us down. No, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Listen, I know, you know, here today, and of course, with the children's church, and of course, with our, our transition team, you know, that unloads and packs and loads every, every week, that we got all these things going over. But you know what? We need some stones to step up. We really do. Now, if you're already in your place and you're, you're pulling your load, God bless you. Thank you. But if you're not, take to heart this message. Don't do it for me. We do it for the Lord. We do it for His people. Amen. That's our motive. Any other motive won't last. You say, oh, but I got zeal. Well, I'm glad for your zeal, but let, let it be unto the Lord. Amen. I've got some action points here. Just for you to think about this week. What was your idea of church growth before we talked about this today? And what do you think about it now? I hope you get, I'm giving you a little food for thought. I know for, for many, if not most, most of these things you already know. But I'm telling you what, we need to think about them. Remember, James the Apostle said this. He said, Anyone who hears but does not do, he said he's like a man who looks at himself in a mirror and then walks away and then he's not able to describe what he looks like unless he goes back and looks in the mirror again. And so sometimes we, we know these truths. We've looked at these truths. We've heard these truths. But sometimes, you know what? We might need to, because the Bible says that the Word is like a mirror, we might need to just stare intently at it a while until it's impressed indelibly by the Holy Spirit upon us and we say, God, where do I fit? How can you help Passion Church fill in the blanks? Where is your part? What is your part? If you're there, like I said, God bless you. But if you're not, consider what God says. Consider the Scriptures that we've read. Consider the things I've shared with you. And this week, you decide, God, I'm going to get in my place. You say, I'm not sure how to find that place. Well, you keep coming to this series, and we're going to share some things from the Scriptures that can help you with that. But the first thing is, is you make a decision. You make a decision. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.